The Bible talks a lot about fruit. Old Testament, New Testament, Jewish scriptures, Jesus' teachings, Jesus especially talks a lot about fruit. So here's my first question for you. Why fruit? Why not vegetables? We know that Jesus used a lot of agricultural metaphors and we, I think, are too quick to say, well, he was just speaking the language of the people. He was intentionally choosing his words, and those words have timeless meaning, not just because he happened to live in first century Middle East. And if we believe in a God that plans everything out over all time, then that means God chose Jesus to be speaking at that moment so he could use those metaphors because those metaphors are the best metaphors for how to understand our faith. So I ask you again, why fruit? He could have said vegetables, things that grow. Why not? Fruits are delicious. Great guess. I'm going for something a little bit further than that, but that gets us started. Come from a seed. Come from a seed? Good. What else? Why fruit? Why not vegetables? What's the difference between a fruit and a vegetable? What about seeds? You can see it? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. They elaborate on the seed. A seed sprouts and grows. Okay. If you're going to like look at something like um, a green pepper, is green pepper a fruit or a vegetable? Fruit. It's a fruit. Why? It has seeds. So what's the basic difference between a vegetable and a fruit? Fruit has seeds. A vegetable is the end result. A fruit is a mechanism for reproducing. Vegetable is the goal. You get the carrot. Yay. Eat the carrot and be merry. But if you get the pomegranate, you're loaded with seeds that have a purpose. Jesus uses the word fruit. The Bible uses the word fruit because we're not the end result. We're not the destination for all of God's love. We're a vehicle for carrying it and bearing it and planting it. So we have to be given seeds, but we also want something delicious. So the fruit is good for us, but it has further purpose. Fruit makes more fruit. Vegetables and just enjoy it. They're nourishing. They have a value. But fruit is a special sort of thing. This is why I think fruit is the, the, the choice of illustration, the choice of metaphor. We get a hint of this in the creation story. In Genesis 1, it says, On the third day, God made all the plants and the vegetation. And then he made the trees bearing fruit which contained their seeds. That specific phrase is in there. In the Bible's concept, a fruit is a vehicle. It's a mechanism. It's a, it's a, a transport device for getting the tree replanted and propagated. So if we're going to bear fruit, it doesn't just mean that we end up as nice Christians with good things or just that we're merely like pleasant to be around or delicious. We're meant to be reproductive. We're meant to have our fruit change the lives of others by the seeds that get planted in them, which then causes them to bear fruit, which has seeds which get planted in others, which cause them to bear fruit, which contains seeds. In everything that we do for Christ, there's meant to be every act of love, every, every fruit that we bear, whether it's personal fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, whether it's leading someone to Christ and there's fruit in the kingdom, all these things are acts of love. The fruit is love. It's a tree of God that bears fruit of love. The fruit is always a love 
It's love from God. We are a result of that. Jesus is, for God so loved the world, right? The, the love is, but it contains the seeds of who and what God is, of his truth, of his gospel. When you put together a bag lunch for uh, the homeless or serve on something, if you just do it as if the bag lunch is the end result, well, then that's not fruit. Fruit would be saying, I give you this meal, or I'm handing this out because God is love and because God provides. See, there's two seeds in that action that will carry further than that. If it's just food is good, here's food, well then you just helped. But if we're planting and bearing fruit, then it's something that can carry on after that. You don't want someone who receives a handout of some material good to be like, well, I got something. You want them to say, man, what kind of God makes what kind of people to give that kind of love in that kind of way? So each one of us will bear different fruit. It's the way that you're built, whether it's working with your hands or singing or anything else, whatever you talked about in your groups. It's an act of love. But if you repair something for someone, you're saying God is someone who cares about things that are broken down. God is a rebuilder. God sends people to help others when they're in need. God is compassionate. Those are the seeds. It's who God is. It's transported by an act of selfless love. So you just love someone in all the different ways that we're made. Lots of different kinds of fruit. Same heartbeat. It's one fruit. It's love. But it's meant to carry something. Because what happens if you give someone something and you get all the credit for it. Wow, thank you so much for fixing that thing. Thanks so much for teaching that thing. Thank you, thank you so much for that food. Well, then you get puffed up. Like, well, I did a pretty good job there. Wow. And they're so thankful for you. That will not get that person saved. That person does not get to heaven because they thought you were a good person. You have nothing to do with them and their entrance into heaven. All we can do is transport to them the seeds of the gospel. And the gospel is bearing fruit everywhere in all the world, like Lindsay read. But we're also supposed to bear fruit of our own unique kinds. So why fruit? Because we're meant to have, as Jesus said, fruit that will last. We're not meant to live these temporary lives. Jesus said, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done for me. We're doing eternal things, even though they're just so common, everyday things. You can sweep a floor. But why do you sweep a floor? Because God calls us to humility. Because we serve each other the way Jesus. Those are the seeds. You see, the act of sweeping carries something deeper. And it's not about us. It's about something we've been given because our faith was a seed that was planted in us. The scripture that says that is 1 Peter. I don't want you to turn there. I'm going to have you turn to the three instructions on how to grow fruit. That's what I want to think about today. But will you listen to this one with me? Uh, 1 Peter 1 says, You have been born again, not of perishable seeds. So there's the seeds of truth, the word of God. But of imperishable, like permanent, eternal seed. That's what saves us. Through the living and abiding word of God. So the word of God is the fruit. For all flesh is like grass, and its glory is like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So we're only saved by God's love. That's what the good news is. We know that, the gospel, for God so loved the world. Like, the gospel is just that God loves us despite our sin, and that Jesus forgives us for our sin if we confess 
and commit ourselves to him, body, soul, and spirit. That, that is the love. That is the biggest gift, the biggest fruit that will ever be born. And the most seeds, right? Think of all the seeds from Christ that were scattered of the truth of God. Jesus didn't just get credit for being a man who was like a nice guy. He planted seeds of the Father, constantly, constantly talking about the Father. He's like, I teach you whatever I hear the Father is seeing, saying to me. And I'm healing because God is a healer, and I am he, and I am here. You know what's... Not, we're not the vegetable, the end result. We're transmitting truth of God in every act of love. So the fruit is love, and it can take a lot of different shapes. But the way we receive it, the way we bear it, the way we, we share it with ourselves and others, that varies a million different ways. So this is what I would like to read together. Three passages that talk about how to bear fruit. Uh, the first one is in Psalm 1, so if you want to turn there, uh, in your Bible app or on your, your pages of your Bible. Great, or if you just want to listen, I'm happy to read it for us. But I want to look at what the Bible says about how we're supposed to bear fruit individually, fruit that will last, which is loving each other. Um, but then also as a church, when we come together, you know, an orchard is far more productive than a single apple tree. We have a single apple tree in our backyard. Does it ever bear apples? I'm not even sure. It's a crab apple tree. It just flowered it flowered for the first time, so we're, we're practicing patience for my conversation earlier. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Um, and so we're going to look at individually, but also corporately. And then I'd like to look at um, the glimpse of heaven that we get in the book of Revelation. It talks specifically about fruit being born even then. And I think it gives insight to what it looks like for us now. So those are the three scriptures I want to read. I just want to think about fruit. I want us to think about how we can bear fruit. Don't just go be a nice person. Don't just even like tell someone about Jesus. Be thinking about how the things that we do, how we can love, that will plant seeds of something bigger than us because it's not about us. Then that's fruit that will last because it has a legacy. It's the vehicle by which we transmit the word of God. So Psalm 1 talks about how you and I can bear lasting fruit personally. I'll read it for us, uh, verses 1 through 6. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So that's advice. So you're blessed if you don't take bad advice. Nor stands in the road or the, the way of sinners. So don't walk along with people who are trying to get you to go the wrong way. Nor sits in the seat of mockers. So don't be judgmental, critical, harsh, um, a mocker. Those are the things that are not blessed. Blessed is the man who doesn't do these things, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. So do these things. He is like a tree. So you're all trees. I'm a tree. We're the tree and we're planted by the streams of water. We know that means living water. We're planted, rooted in Jesus. And here, notice this, it yields its fruit in season. Those two words, I'm going to read it again, think about it, we'll go back to it after I finish. So we're planted in Christ and we yield our fruit in our season. And our leaves do not wither. We stay alive. We don't wither away. In all that he does, he prospers, but the wicked are not so. There's always, in all these tree descriptions, there's always the good tree and the bad tree. There's a tree that's healthy, there's a tree that's dying, the tree that bears good fruit, bad fruit. So there's always, in every single one that you see in Scripture, it's always a contrast, and this should be a warning to us. Not all fruit is good fruit. 
be warned. We can bear bad fruit. We can be bad trees. The people around us can be bad trees. The trees can be diseased and corrupted. Like, it's not always good. And the Bible's honest in that way. We'll read more about that in a little bit. So the wicked are not so, but they're like chaff, you know, like chalk dust. The wind blows away. So the wicked will not stand in the judgment. So when we die, judgment day. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the path of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So the advice here in scripture and how we can bear the Lord's fruit is to know the Lord's mind. So invest yourself Absorb as much of God's word as you can. This is your, your fuel. This is your seed. This is you taking God in. This is you being rooted. And avoid people who want to tell you different. Believe the Bible over people. Even over pastors, overwhelming. Believe the Bible over people. Don't go with the wrong crowds. Walk with your brothers and sisters in Christ. As you move down south, find brothers and sisters in Christ. We're everywhere. So you're going to find us. But find them, because you don't walk alone, and you don't want to walk with people who are going to take you down the wrong path. So not alone and not wrong leaves you one option. Find your people. We're there. Find people. And don't fall into the seat of mockers. You know, don't let our lives just be sarcastic and fleeting and useless, pointless. That's not what not to do. Instead, plant. But the two words that I pointed out to you, it's and in. Uh, yield your own fruit. Too many Christians want to yield someone else's fruit. I wish I could speak like that person. I wish I could teach like that person. I wish I could sing like that person. I wish I was good with kids like that person. I wish I could pray like that person. But if you talk to those people who are being used by God, they're like, I don't know how he even uses me. We want to be different kinds of fruit when instead we should just say, God, how have you made me? We all bear fruit. What is it? Take time to think about that because that's your growth edge. That's your opportunity. What kind of tree are you? Are you apple tree, pear tree? What kind of fruit? Green peppers? Still doesn't feel like it should be a fruit to me. It feels wrong, but it is. What kind of fruit are you? Because that's what you have the opportunity to use. That's what you produce. And if you share it in such a way that it carries God's truth, it can be a legacy that you can leave behind. Are you an artist? Do you ever think that your art could be a legacy that changes people's lives? Are you a teacher? Do you ever think that tutoring or a big brother, big sister mentoring could change someone's life? Oh, we just, we hang out. We go like, I don't know, we go play pool or we go to the arcade. Like, no, no, no. You're spending time and that is an act of love. And in that, a child, maybe who doesn't have a family who loves them, will realize, oh, God is the kind of God that comes close to people. He spends time with people. That's the seed. God is ever-present. There's nowhere I can go where God isn't. And God sees me. You see what's in that simple mentoring thing? It's the truths of God that we get to share. And when we're asked, like, wow, you're so nice. You volunteer over here. And you do, no, no, no. God gives me an opportunity. I love being able to serve to God be the glory. You're showing the seeds are what made good fruit. Give out the seeds. Plant the seeds. More trees, more fruit, more seeds. The kingdom grows. I had wanted to read earlier. I'm going to flip back to this last page so I don't miss it. There's a great parable. Don't turn to this one. Just listen to me. Jesus says in Matthew 13, 31, 
The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and it becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. This is how the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be this like safe place, this like shady tree where those who are tired of flying around or being out in the sun can rest in the branches that is supposed to be a haven, a place of love. And we find that for ourselves. We're supposed to share that, invite people, come and find rest, find shade, find nourishment. It's a fruit tree, find fruit, be eating delicious fruit with us because we're being given fruit also and people are planting seeds in us. Our faith is just because someone else was willing to plant the seeds of God's truth not our own agenda. All right, so that's the individual advice. Go to Ezekiel 47. Like I said, there's three of these. We're going to kind of go through them one after the other after the other, put them together. Ezekiel 47. This is an Old Testament prophet. This is a Jewish prophet speaking to the Jewish people. But if you remember your timeline, like spread out the world timeline here, you have God, then you have Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the Jewish people, and he's kind of building his Jewish family but then the nation of Israel, after all of God's promises are fulfilled, they start going after other idols. And he's like, well, if you keep doing this, as I predicted from the beginning, Deuteronomy 6, when you run after other idols, you're going to be dispersed. You're going to lose your kingdom. But when you return to me, I will restore you. So like, God's always laying out the plan, right? So the prophets fit into the plan in that they're after the fulfillment of the kingdom, but they're in the like downfall of the kingdom. So when they prophesy things, it's Jesus' time period, because that's what comes next. After the Jewish people kind of gathered back in, and after the Roman Empire like gives freedom, and like they, they just become their own kind of nuclear kingdom within the Roman occupation, like Jesus comes onto the scene then. It's like 0 AD. That, that's the time period that we're at. So when we read the prophets, we're reading predictions about Jesus and then us. The church age, if you want to call it that. The, the kingdom of Christ. So we're going to read a prophecy that's very old, but it's talking about us. So Ezekiel 47. We'll start at verse 6. And you'll see again, good trees, bad trees. Uh, you'll see the water, the river. You'll see the fruit. Please pay attention to these words as we read verses 6 through 12. God said to Ezekiel the prophet, He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? So he gives him a vision. He led me back to the bank of the river. As I went back, I saw on the bank of the river very many trees. All right, trees and trees and trees. On one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the Arabah, and enters the sea. When the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there, that the waters of the sea may become fresh. You see the prophetic language is like this water is meant to symbolize God coming in, and the places where it goes become alive. The waters of the sea may become fresh, so everything will live where the river goes. Fishermen will stand beside the sea, and from Engedi to Anaglaim, it will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But its swamps and its marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. But on the banks, on both sides of the river, they will grow all kinds of trees for food. 
Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will, and here we go, bear fresh fruit when? Every month. Because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. It's God's living water. And now it's every month. It's not just bear your fruit in season. It's every tree bearing fruit in all seasons because there's all kind of trees on all sides of the river. That's the kingdom. That's the church. Trees planted everywhere. And one's bearing fruit now while another one of us is in hibernation or in winter months. Or in a season where it's dark and we're in shutdown. But there's other trees that are bearing fruit and we're built to bear fruit in the springtime. But someone else is built to bear fruit in the fall. And so all together, there's fruit all the time because we're not responsible for it on our own. We're part of this orchard of God fed by the water that comes from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food. So there's the delicious. And the leaves for healing. Like everything about our lives can be good for people, bring healing, bring nourishment, bring life. And it's because of the water. It's not because of us. The trees didn't make themselves. The trees don't sustain themselves. They're just meant to have a purpose, a beautiful, unique purpose. So in Psalm 1, how does a man or a woman do this individually? You plant yourself by the word of God. You take it as much as you can and you will bear your kind of fruit in your season. But has anybody here had a season where they felt fruitless? I'll raise my hand. Has anybody had a season that's felt cold and like harsh? Winter, right? At those points, it's like, ah, what do I do? Nothing's working. Well, good thing you're not the only tree in the orchard. You're planted by others, so it's okay. Go into hibernation, drop all your fruit, wait for God to build more, but in the meantime, be encouraged and nourished and protected and provided because there's lots of people around you and they might not be falling into winter. They might be just putting up new buds because of what God's doing in their life because of his living water. You see how it works? It gets better. So the prophecy says it's not just going to be man, 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 woman, woman. It's going to be collective. This is what the church is meant to be. It's prophesying Christ. Christ enters in this kind of worldwide, not just nation of Israel concept of who the trees are. So our third one to read, Revelation 22. Turn with me or listen with me. Revelation 22 paints a picture, a vision of what heaven is going to look like. So again, be looking for our things. Who's bearing fruit? What is the fruit? Where does it come from? When does it happen? Like these sorts of things. Um, if you're interested in kind of like painting the picture um, uh, mentally, feel free to also just close your eyes and listen. Just imagine with kind of a God-inspired imagination, what will it look like to be in heaven with God? And this is the vision that John was given that he wrote down. So Revelation chapter 22 verses 1 through 7 is what I'll read for us, a part of that vision, and it's beautiful. Revelation 22, 1. Then the angel showed me, John, the river of the water of life. It was bright as crystal, and it was flowing from the throne of God. Right? The water comes from the sanctuary. The water is the living water. It was flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, Jesus through the middle of the street of the city and also on either side of the river. So there's bright as crystal river of the water of life. Now, 
the tree of life was planted there with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. This is Jesus. And when does his fruit bear fruit? Every day, all day. When is he in season? Every day, all day. In heaven, whose fruit will we be sharing and bearing Christ's? Same water, same sanctuary, same throne, all the time from Jesus. So no longer will there be anything accursed, no more bad trees, no more bad fruit. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And the angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Like that song that we sang just a little bit ago. None of us are meant to bear fruit every day, all day. None of us can. And on our own, none of us will bear any fruit that's worth anything. Left to ourselves, we'll either be barren and fruitless, or the fruit that we make will be bad fruit. And even our best intentions will turn out for awful legacy. But if we let God make us into healthy trees, nourished by him, then we have life. Our leaves, which just naturally grow, are healthy, heal others. And the fruit, the acts of love that we show to others and give to others will have a legacy. It'll be like that mustard seed. It goes and it goes and it goes. We just have to stay rooted where rooted in the word of God. Don't turn there, but listen to Jesus as he talks about the two different trees. In Matthew 7, 15, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. And, and that's such a great way to talk about it. Even the people who are bearing bad fruit who are evil, they have the potential to be a healthy tree. They're diseased. That's what sin is. It's a disease. It gets us. It has all of us until we go to God and say, make us new. In Matthew 12, Jesus uses the phrase, um, make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Right? You're really remaking the tree. You're healing the tree so that it can bear good fruit. Some of the people, maybe even in this room, People that we know, like that was the least likely person that I ever thought would come to the Lord. They were a diseased tree. So yeah, all the fruit coming off them is terrible. But they're still a tree. They're still loved by God. And have the potential for healing if they'll let themselves be healed. So God comes in and he makes the tree good. He made our trees good. It doesn't mean we're always good. It doesn't mean our fruit is always good. We're like we're growing. 
but have hope for those who are not bearing good fruit because maybe, just maybe, on that day of judgment, instead of the tree being cut down and burned, maybe that tree will be preserved and welcomed. Here's the most important point to tie it all together. You can't manufacture fruit. It has to be organic. And I probably can just say that and be done. You know what I mean. But you can't force it. And you can't fake it. And sometimes in our faith, we try both of those things. I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying to do the right things. Like, well, that's not fruit. You're like on an assembly line with like the cranes and the robots and you're trying to make an apple. It's maybe a metal apple or something, but it's not going to be fruit and it's not going to be delicious and it's not going to bear seeds to grow other things. That's the time to stop back and step back and say, stuff that's coming out of me is nasty and gross. My fruit is nasty and gross. That's just a description of where my tree's at. Jesus, make my tree good. Because the fruit is just showing me that it's not where it needs to be. Okay, healer, heal me. Right? That's where we start. It's got to be organic. So don't force it. Don't fake it. It will naturally grow. You know, there's a lot of discussion um, from the book of James about the difference between faith and works, faith and deeds. And maybe you've gotten to some of these discussions before. And like, well, I think it's more this. I think it's more that, right? Actually, I think that that's even a less tricky conversation than the difference between fruit and deeds. Because they're both doing something. Fruit is an act of love and a deed is something you do. So it's actually, should we have faith or should we act? Well, that, you got to have both. But how do you know if what you're doing is fruit naturally growing out of you or something you're doing because you think it's a good thing to do or people are supposed to do this? So this is the right way to talk to a spouse or the right way to treat someone. I should do this. This is the right thing to do. How do we know if the fruit that we're bearing is actually from us or just some facade that we're putting on? Because it could look exactly the same. I just think that's a trickier question. Faith in deeds is tricky enough, but fruit in deeds, they're impossible to tell apart sometimes. You know, what's been genetically modified and grown in a lab and what came off the tree? Uh, it's hard. I think that's where we come back to Jesus and say, look in my heart and show me the things that are from you and the things that are not, and everything that's not, uproot it. In gardens, and my wife and others who are, Sally, who have much more of a green thumb than me, they'll tell you in much more depth, and everything I mess up here you can fix later. Um, there are so many weeds that grow near plants and look just like them. So many weeds that look the same. It's odd. I've even seen it in our little garden a couple of times. Like something's growing up, like, oh that's, oh, that's just a weed, but that's actually really pretty. It looks just like the thing that has like the fancy scientific name that you're trying to grow, the good thing. Bible is super clear about this. We're supposed to just look at God and be convicted on our own deeds because sometimes when you look at others, it's impossible to know what's authentic, what's fake, and what's not. So this is, you know, know someone by their fruit. I would say use that as a mirror tool <laughs> and as a way to discern who to connect with versus a way to judge others. 
Because if we're just trying to judge people because they don't have the right fruit, then what hope do we ever have of saving them so that they can become the right tree? Of course we don't have the right fruit without God's help. That's logical. It's normal. It's, that's organic. I think sometimes we judge other people without fruit as if we have the perfect, fully developed fruit ourselves, and that's not true. Or as if we ever could have built or developed or grown any fruit on ourselves if God hadn't done it for us first, and that's not it. So bearing fruit is not an us versus them thing. A bearing fruit is like, what can I plant that will have a legacy for God? What can I leave behind? What can I give that isn't just us getting credit for something? Don't go and get credit for being a good person. That's awful. That's robbing God of his glory. Go out and do things for God in God's name so that others can find God, so that they can be made new. And it's probably the people that are having the worst fruit that need the most love. So go to the bad trees and plant other seeds. Go to trees. Your leaves are for healing. Be part of God's healing in someone else's life. Don't separate yourself, good and bad, in and out. Christian and non-Christian, comfortable people and uncomfortable people, people who dress right, people who don't. No. In every opportunity, plant seeds through acts of love. The love is the fruit, and in it there are so many things that you can communicate and you can transfer so that more trees will be planted, so that diseased trees will be healed. And then collectively, when is that going to happen? Every day, all day. Because God made us to be this huge orchard. And in glory, God's already gathered in the harvest. So we're not bearing fruit in that same way. We're just worshiping. Jesus is the one who bears all the fruit. And it's the same. He's bearing fruit through us. But in glory, it'll be so obvious. There's the tree of life. Let us eat together for eternity. We have a time for communion this morning as we do each week. And I put a scripture on the slide, Jeff, if you wouldn't mind firing that for me now. Um, Jesus talks about this. Uh, oh, actually, go to the next slide just so I can show the scripture, and then we'll come back to this prayer of confession in a moment. Oh, can you skip all the way to, like, the next thing? Not this prayer, but, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember when Jesus was about to be crucified? He was about to give his life. Talk about a gift of love, the ultimate expression of love. He said, the hour has come for me to be crucified, glorified. So truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. This is the opposite of the orchard. No fruit, no seeds, alone. No healing, no fruit, no God, alone. Like the opposite of fruitfulness is like isolation. The opposite of fruitfulness is solitary barren, fruitlessness, it's lonely, it's dying, it's all those things. So with communion that we're going to celebrate in just a moment, I took Jesus with that gift, that act of love. How many seeds of God's word were in the crucifixion? Like how many seeds got planted and, and then become more fruit and get planted for eternity through that? And it may be that way for you. Maybe you'll be blessed that the fruit that you bear, the love that you Share. We'll have lots of seeds. How exciting would that be? One person, one gift, lots of seeds. You know, watermelons, like, like a ton of seeds, pomegranate, a ton of seeds. I think God would love for us to be super fruitful. And sometimes it just takes a really sacrificial act to get there, the ultimate expression of love. So 
We're going to head into a time of communion. I'm going to ask everybody just to bow their heads for a little prayer.